What is up, guys? Welcome to another edition of the Got Next podcast. My name is Carlos, joined as always by my trusty co-host Rafa. How are you? What's up, guys? Uh, I'm doing all right. Um, I'm excited to get into our topic today, but uh, overall, pretty good. It's a, it's nice stress relief from my my job, so it was fun to <laughs> yeah. look this stuff up. Same, same. Um, well, what we have like about a month and a half, I think, till the season starts. Is it a long? So, like, maybe like 40-something days, if I remember. That's the last yes, count. Maybe day. something like that. But yeah, I mean, training camp starts, what, next week? Something like that. It's pretty soon. Something like that. Yeah, um, it's and it's, soon. what, the 75th, 75th season of the NBA. And yep, yep. They've publicized this a lot. They're going to they're gonna release the top 75 five list. And we are here today... To predict that list yes yeah it was <laughs> a one. it was a daunting task um yeah we're gonna try to predict the 75 names we think will be on the will end up making the ballot yeah so they did this last time in 97 and it's pretty cool seeing all those like all 50 of those guys for the most except Shaq, i think it was on on the yeah. same court 49 out of 50 i think um no one was there was no one, one player who time, had right? passed unfortunately that ah. but it was 49 out of 50 that were present not including Shaq Shaq was in the building but he didn't want to be on stage because in fairness it was too soon he was only what in his fifth year yeah. even though they totally called it right but still people were upset about that they were really upset about it he got yeah, we'll talk about that there were some name. snubs right yeah there were some snubs but yeah Shaq got booed yeah. yeah so like it's very it, it, it's gonna be hard to say like what the criteria is for this kind of list um but right. let's lay out what we what we what we define our criteria as for this list yeah well b- before we do that let's just hmm. uh let's just do a quick thing what what exactly they're doing so you know at the 75th landmark sometime in october they're gonna release the nba's what they call the 75 greatest players in league history. I think that's going to happen in October. Um, And the people who are voting for it, and this is kind of important to right before we lay out the criteria, it's going to be a blue ribbon, quote unquote. But, you know, you and I both know that's horseshit. Um, It's a panel of media members, some current and former players, some coaches, general managers and team executives so it's going to be a big you know diverse that's a lot of people. people yeah but i mean that's a lot of <laughs> a lot of players uh coaches who you know might be a little bit of curmudgeons about certain things media members who are also curmudgeons about certain things you know so um that said lay out the criteria for us yeah so I think since they said greatest seven, greatest seventy five players, right, of the NBA history. So I think that would mostly be, and the the career achievements of these players in the in the league. So I guess international play players who did it, who did things internationally don't really get much credit for that in this yep. kind of list. Uh, nope. So sorry Yao Ming, sorry Ginobili, no players like that. Yeah, yeah, for uh, sure. But yeah, I think. Compared to our greatest list that we talked about last week and when we talked about Giannis or like when we did our top 10s or when we talked about LeBron versus Michael, 
it's more I think there's gonna be a heavier emphasis on accomplishments uh within the NBA within their careers in the NBA Agreed. Um, yeah but yeah anything else yeah what what, what else would you have tried to do here with yeah. your criteria on the, on so the only list? other thing because you know I still try to keep my own criteria in mind which is skill impact longevity but yeah especially for this list yeah it's gonna be a lot of accomplishments I also kind of went off reputation because yeah. I feel like some guys are going to get more love even though they haven't certain haven't accomplished certain things because other players have an affinity for that player you know what I mean and yeah that's yeah. certainly going to come up a lot and I have a specific example we're going to get into here in a little bit but yeah I feel like accomplishments and reputation are going to be a little bit bigger part of this yeah than- t- t- tied to the reputation thing actually would be like how they quote-unquote change the game or yeah yeah got a lot of eyeballs on the court yeah yeah which i'm not gonna say it doesn't matter of course it, it matters like if you had a certain skill that wasn't appreciated at the time because it just like the way the game was played back then but if you played today it like you would be a stud like an mm-hmm. all-star that that certainly comes up a little bit with a couple players but um yeah I think historical historical relevance will be will definitely be a thing and deservedly so in a lot of cases. Who got all the eyeballs to the to the TV? Right, right. Who changed the game in certain ways? Yep. So, so yeah. How you want to do this? Because we have, I mean, we could easily just read what we got, yeah, sure. but that's gonna be pretty boring. So I think we try to structure this a little bit. Um, yeah. Yeah. So let's we're gonna we're gonna publish our our list of seventy five because I don't feel like reading seventy five names and then waiting for you to read seventy five <laughs> names because that's like effing ridiculous. So we're gonna publish. There's no that. conversation. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So we're, we there's like things about the conversation we want to get into. We'll put the list up on our website. Um, we're gonna have it as a companion. Companion article, yes. Yeah. So we're gonna put it. We're gonna put it in the in the uh, show description. Um, our list of the guys who think who we think will make it. Um, but yeah, I think we, we've laid out a couple things here. The first thing I really wanted to get into, because um, I alluded to this a little bit, there are going to be players who are a little bit of curmudgeons about certain things. There are certainly <laughs> media members about this too, just beyond the reputation. But the offense versus defense conversation, mm. I really think that certain isolation scores are going to get a massive boost and certain defensive impact players are going to get slept on. So yeah. my list does encompass a bunch of defensive players. Yeah. And that's a bias of my list of my predictions. Cause I do feel like when you get past like the elitist of the elite offensive players, the defensive players can have just as much impact. As, yeah. Especially like, when you get to like, when we're like at 50 plus, 70 plus. You could even argue it gets that way at like 30s. Mm. You really true, could true. for certain guys. Like, or like the, the, um, the elite example is, of course, Kevin Garnett. Like he's mm. not there yes. because of his offense. It's ha- like a little bit, but his defense is the, re- the real thing that puts him up so high. And yes. you could actually argue a Bill Russell for Tim Duncan. <laughs> Bill Russell, exactly. Um, Tim Duncan was a great offensive player, but if you removed his defense, he would have been an, an all-star and he wouldn't be in the top 10. 
Oh no, we haven't watched. We had him. I think I had him sixth in our yeah, top ten last year. Maybe five. Yeah. yeah. So defense matters, and it's just the big conversation is how much it matters. Um, and the the case study that I put here is, um, and I want to ask you this: Who would you rank higher, Carmelo Anthony or Dikembe Mutombo? I saw this. I saw you posted this on our other social. Um, I did. And just so you and before yeah, you answer, yeah, what, what the, is the result? It uh, it was a landslide for Carmelo, and that's exactly what I expected. <laughs> a couple of guys gave a shit for like, why did you post? Why did you post this? But I mean, this is exactly why. I mean, I wanted to see how much of a landslide it would be. Seventy-eight percent said Carmelo, twenty-two percent said Dikembe, forty-six votes, and that's not including all of the votes I had on the hardwood aminos, which even which increases the gap for Melo even further. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But, you know, when I, when I look in, I did some brief research about their impact. So impact metrics, the only thing I could really use to compare was Ben Taylor's augmented plus minus. They were both around three at their peak. Of course, one is an offensive player, one's a defensive player, and both are negatives on the other side of the ball. But you can see like their impact is the same based on that stat, at least. I'm not saying it is, but yeah. you could argue that it's, it's very similar. But when we look at the offensive rating of their teams and relative defensive rating of their teams, Melo only got a, a little bit of separation a couple times. Like his offenses in Denver were never more than two points, two and a half points better than league average except for 2010 in Denver and in 2013 in New York. Those are the only two times. Whereas Dikembe anchored defenses that were four points better than league average in Denver, once in Denver, once in Atlanta, or twice in Atlanta, and then once in Philadelphia. Hmm. So the impact is similar. Yeah. And I didn't do a deep dive on this, so I, like, I can't say, I can't exactly comment on the skill, but defense is a skill. People are going to say Melo is easily the more skilled player, but defense is a skill. Weak side rim protection is a skill. Yeah, I think there's this whole argument on Twitter that defense is only an effort thing, which I completely disagree. Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe effort is like half or like half of the half of the battle, but there's still there's definitely a lot of skills still involved in it. I think it's the start of the battle. Yeah. If you don't, if you don't want to be a good defender, you're not going to be a good defender. Like it starts with wanting to be a good defender. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I think that's that's something I feel like is going to happen. Um, defensive players are going to get shafted, and they're not going to get considered. Um, so, like, well, who would you have? Who would you rank higher, Melo or Matumbo? I think I have I have I have Matumbo here as a surefire and Melo as a maybe. <laughs> kind of answers so it there. There you go. And I, I'm not sure, you know, but, who I would rank, but my gut and my gut might be biased because of this whole I think defensive players should get more consideration. I'd have Matumbo. Mm-hmm. But I haven't done the deep research. I think at the very least you have to say it's a conversation. Yeah. Um so before we move on, like the guys who I really like am thinking about defensively, like are they going to get their fair share? So, um, who, let's, we, uh, 
I, maybe we'll get into this later, but I was wondering who who we who were thinking and and for this kind of conversation. We will a little bit. We will. Um, okay. So let's talk about. There's one specific thing I wanted to talk about because when the top 50 came out, and of course I was like three years old, so I don't remember this at all. <laughs> but yeah, but um, looking back on the list now, and just like having done all the years of research I've had looking at back at these players watching them there are a couple of names that i felt that were snubbed from the top 50 um but i feel like would make our top 75 do you do you have a, a list of these guys i only have a couple but i had uh, i had players who were active at the time that weren't there yeah but i'm not sure if i would if they would have made it at the time I, yeah, I guess the, yeah. the biggest one I've read obviously is Dominique. I think we talked about this prior to the show. Um, right, right. I didn't. I don't have a specific list of like he should have made it yes. at that time. Um, what? Who did you have in mind? Yeah. So, um, Dominique was of of course to the players. He was the most egregious and probably the next one, just based on that um, NBA um, open court. Yeah, the open court episode where they talk about the next five. Bob McAdoo was another one. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm really surprised, and I felt this one was the most egregious snub on the list. It was Dennis Johnson. Ah, yes. Like to me, it's like wh- he's not a good scorer, but man, does he do everything else on the court so well? He was an elite defender at six. He was a six-three guard, but he could guard guys that are Magic Johnson size and bigger. Mm-hmm. He was an excellent passer. He had a decent mid-range jump shot, but he was a really good player. Dennis I mean, Johnson he, was the yeah, most egregious snub to me. People only remember him, I guess, in the Celtics. But yeah, he was in that 1979 Seattle South SuperSonics championship team, Finals MVP. He I was. Think, right? He was. He was. I believe he was the Finals MVP. Um, yeah, I mean Dennis Johnson. I I was a little surprised that people just didn't talk about him, especially in mm-hmm. that episode. But the more I think about it, it's like, well, yeah, he's not an isolation score, and this is why I'm really worried about like guys who aren't isolation scores. They're not going to get their just due. Dennis Johnson is the per- one of the perfect examples of that to me. Yeah, I think I have I, I put him as a maybe on my list if I'm not wrong. Right, um, but who who did you have? I thought you had another one as well. Uh, I did have another one. Um, probably can't count Reggie Miller, but even then, it's like by 1997, the accomplishments thing is yeah there because he only had made three All Stars at that point. Um, but I mean, he had all he had peaked already at this point. He had been in the league for 10 seasons. I thought Reggie Miller should have made it. Um, that's this is one of the examples of. His skill set was not appreciated because he wasn't an isolation scorer, but yeah. was a deadly scorer. And the the last name I have um, is Dennis Rodman. Mm. Yeah, De- like his. I was surprised defense, he wasn't there actually when I when I looked at the list. Right. I mean, he just the way he controls the game without really having any scoring whatsoever. Yeah. But, like. Dennis Rodman is one of those guys that really changes the math of your team, not to the point of like, you know, the way 
good scorers or playmakers they're always raising the efficiency so of the shots you have um you make more of them you get better looks on more shots but dennis just got you more opportunities to do it and that's really important yeah. that is huge impact <clears throat> that's why like his offensive rebounding numbers um are so important him hustling for every loose ball and getting them that gives you extra possessions that's more scoring opportunities that can it doesn't directly lead to more points on the board, but that's huge. That is very impactful. He prevents other teams from getting offensive rebounds too. So he prevents chances for the other team. He changes the math yeah. of basketball. I just don't know that people have really realized it yet. Yeah, and I think, I guess for him, like, he, look, he kind of fell out of the spotlight after the Pistons fell apart at the end, start of the 90s. And that was just at right. the start of the Bulls run, right? So maybe... That kept him off the list, especially with his antics at that point. Yeah, and you know that's <laughs> I can I can see that like if they wanted to avoid the controversy, that's totally understandable. But you know, if we want to talk about accomplishments, other than being a two-time All Star, he was what a two-time Defensive Player of the Year. He had yeah. won the rebounding um, title five times before they announced his team. Um, he had. Three championship rings by the time this '97 thing happened. So yeah, and so he had all of the accomplishments. It was probably just him. I I agree. <laughs> Maybe at the time it was probably right to keep him off for controversy sake, but he should be on there. There's no question in my mind. Agree, agree. Um, I think now, yeah. I, did I put him on as surefire? Yeah. I yeah, I, I didn't have him a surefire, but like when I started whittling when it, down, it's like okay, Rod, Rodman's on here. Rodman's yeah. on here. Yeah. Did you have anybody else that you felt was snubbed from the top fifty, but should definitely make? I it? think my two were were Leek and Miller. Yeah. And I were yeah. like those guys should be on there. Um, I agree. And you pretty much, you pretty much uh, explained why. Um, I think his his career his career in general is the one that's aging the best, considering yeah. how basketball is played now. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just because, like off ball, off ball is being more about is people are starting to see the value of off ball scoring much more now, and I, I imagine like he would be like a superstar in today's league, just considering like compared to the nineties yeah. where it was more more ISO heavy. This this era is a lot more ball movement. Uh, right. And I mean the, the three point shooting. Yeah. I mean, think about three point this. shooting, like, of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because not it's it's also not just the off ball stuff, but the fact that you can, it's acceptable for a guy to shoot ten threes a game. <laughs> Reggie would have loved that. Like exactly, exactly. Think about this. Like the most he had ever attempted, and this was probably wild for that time, was six and a half threes per game. I'd be like, this guy's fucking chucking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, and people did not like that. But he <laughs> shot them at like forty three percent almost. So, I mean, and think about this too. He also got to the free throw line a lot, and shot it like it was the best free throw shooter in the league, probably. He, uh, four times. Yeah, he was more than ninety percent on a lot of these seasons. So if he went to the free throw line, he that was he was making it. So yeah. Reggie really would have been a multi-time all-star. Whatever conception you have of Clay Thompson as an offensive player, Reggie Miller is far superior. Yes. Well, maybe not yes. far, but I think he's superior. 
solidly superior. Agree, agree on that. Um, yeah, I, I think I think I think that's that's pretty much what I from what I had from yeah. this like question. <laughs> yeah, that's that was pretty much it. I mean, like I think those those guys, Dennis Johnson, Rodman, and Reggie, and me, are really highlight what types of players are gonna get hurt the most yeah. compared to the rest. And I feel like those guys will make the 75, but it's similar types of players might not get the same love from the media and from coaches and from especially from players. Yeah. Wait, did you say players were uh, voting? I didn't I didn't hear that earlier. I thought you just said it was media yeah. coaches and executives. Current current and former players will be voting. Ooh. So Shaquille okay. O'Neal might have a vote. <laughs> yeah. So he'll, yeah, he's... he'll vote in Alonzo Mourning, the Cambay, um, the Georgetown five big men, basically. He probably would vote those guys because he sort of respects them, but he wouldn't vote Dwight Howard. <laughs> he will not vote so in Dwight I, Howard. In my opinion, is ostensibly a, a better player than at the very least Matumbo. I don't know about Alonzo Mourning, but Matumbo, yeah, <laughs> I think he is. Um, let's see. Uh, should we talk about some of the players from the top 50 who didn't make it? Because I have, I have a bunch, but I really more want to talk about the theme of it. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, so, I feel like a lot but, of these guys... No, I, I have a lot of maybes here just because like... And I quickly looked at their b-ball refs, and they did rack up like a lot of like they were all scoring like close to twenty points a game. They all had like a bunch of all NBAs, all star appearances. Yeah, but I have, you have to remember, like at that time, it was about eight teams, eight or so teams in the league. Yeah, uh, yeah. much much smaller group of people, and the, the pace was ridiculous at the time and pace was ridiculous we didn't watch it basically we didn't watch much of them before although there were some players i watched on youtube that was uh, pretty impressed by but yeah i think that no tape that's the thing so little very very little tape they're like three minute videos on youtube um right yeah what was your like my team my team this is basically i tried to watch them but not a lot couldn't watch a lot and the stats were limited at the time as well so yes. i couldn't really like properly rate them same so a lot of the oldies the older guys like and i'm not talking about like 60s old because i consider myself somewhat familiar with the fifth the 60s it's the 40s and 50s guys i'm like holy shit i have no idea <laughs> about any like i it's so hard to judge how to like really how they separate themselves from everybody else. I think yeah. in my top 75, the only guys I have who played in the 40s and 50s are George Mikan and Bob Cousy. Like yeah, I feel bad I because like I feel like guys like Joe Folks, Paul Arizon, Dolph Shays, Hal Greer, Neil Johnston, they don't get their love, but I just don't know how to really compare them to some of these guys. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, it's it's really hard because yeah, no tape. The game was so much different then. It was it was in its infancy. I I guess if they were if do we know if they're gonna replace the existing list or if they're gonna like knock off people or you're just gonna add twenty five? They to the are existing gonna list? knock off people. I think they're gonna 
redo the whole thing. Um, yeah, they're they're gonna it, it as sucks. far as I know they're gonna redo, which sucks because like I I did want to shout out all those guys because clearly and you said it I think before we before we get on here guys like Dolph Shays could really shoot and Dolph Shays I have a, a bunch of guys YouTube video <laughs> yeah he could shoot and you know I have a bunch of guys who I'll mention in my honorable mentions they could have like if they had come along maybe 10 15 years later and when basketball skill had kind of evolved, I think they could have been like really solid players. Um, mm-hmm. It's just like these guys from the forties and fifties. It's just hard to, it's hard to say who really separated themselves other than Kuzi and Mikan Cause those two are obvious. Yeah. Agreed. Um, so I feel bad, but I, I did want to shout out those guys. Cause without them, I mean, basketball wouldn't be here today. But they also played in a time when we had a team called the Providence Steamrollers. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Providence so, had a team. My God. Okay. Yeah. Rhode Island. Pro- Providence, <laughs> Rhode Island had a team. That's kind of funny. That's crazy. <laughs> that tiny ass city. I don't know how. I, you and I have both been to Providence and not a lot. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's very nice. I liked it, but there, there's not a lot going on there. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It's just a college town, basically. Yeah, yeah. Nice. I like Providence, but it's not exactly... You would not associate Providence, Rhode Island with, oh, NBA City. Definitely not. I mean, <laughs> they have like a... They don't even have... They don't have, they don't have any major sports. I think they have a, no, a hockey not. team that's in like a... What's it called? The support... Like the second team the or something. Yeah, there. they probably yeah, have yeah. a minor league team, but yeah. yeah. But <laughs> no major sports there. So. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I mean, the just wanted to shout out the the oldies because that's those are really the guys who, from the top fifty that ended up not making my seventy five, but it's only out of ignorance, and I I do feel terrible about that. I just I have no idea how to, you know, include those those guys, and I am worried that they're gonna get underrepresented, but they should they should get their just due in some way. Yeah, agreed. Um, should we talk about some of the non-surefire guys? Because you know, when we when we start like start this list, it's super easy. It's like okay, Jordan's on, LeBron's on, Kareem, yeah, Wilt, Bill Russell. Like those guys are super easy, and there's no way that no one has them on their list, right? And yeah, and then I think we can also talk about like the people who since 1997 definitely. Are now on there like the Steph Curry's, the Tim Duncan's. Oh the sure, Kobe's, yeah, yeah. LeBron. I mean, super quick. I mean, yeah, the guys you mentioned, super easy. Duncan, KG, Durant, AI, Dirk, Wade, AI, Dirk, yeah. Uh, James Harden, Kawhi, Giannis, Paul Pierce, Steve Nash, CP, Jason Kidd, Dwight Howard. Like those are super easy. Dwight Howard, yes, Dwight Howard. <laughs> to Shaq Chagrin, but yeah. Shaq, Shaq will not be voting for Dwight Howard. There's no question about that. Even though, you know, <laughs> for all intents and purposes, Dwight Howard should be on here. I don't know if he's top 50, but he's he's on there. He's on the top 75 easily. Yeah, like from his his prime from like what 2008 to like 2012. We got like three three defensive players player of the years in a row. Yeah. Ridiculous. And he's still like a serviceable big man since. I mean, I think he was borderline all-star even at the very like, 
until 2016, I think, something like that. Perhaps. I mean, even even the his he had maybe one or two Rockets years that were still pretty good. Yeah, um, yeah. Maybe one. I might be remembering that wrong. 2014, he, he was still Rocket good, I think. Year, at least. Yeah, yeah. He was still pretty good in 2014. So him from 2000, at the very least, 2009 to 2000, let's say 12. Um, that was his 2013 <laughs> is when he got hurt yeah. with the Lakers. Um, he, he was still, still good with the Lakers, actually. Just he was. <laughs> uh, but he's still such a dominant defensive force. Um, yeah. So it's it, Dwight Hart probably is top 50 in, in my book. I'm not a big fan of him, but you know. <laughs> 50, wait, like, 50. Maybe. Well, at the very least, 57. I don't know about 50. I haven't ra- These guys aren't ranked, by the way. He's in there. He's in there. He's definitely in the list, is what we're saying here. Yeah. Yes, yes. He's definitely on the list for me. Um, did, did you have anybody else on the surefires that, you know, the new guys that made it? Guys who peaked after 1997. Who did I throw in here? Chris Not Paul? Sure had... Yeah, I have we Chris Paul. Ray Allen. Well, yeah, that's on you. That's your non surefire. That's not your surefire. Surefire, but to me, he would make it fairly easily. Is Kawhi in your? Is Kawhi in your surefire? I didn't. I didn't. See yes. It. Yes, he is. You mentioned Kawhi earlier. Who else did they? So I think the the main guy that I Paul had Pierce. didn't. You mentioned Paul Pierce. Yeah. Yeah. Who is it? Tracy McGrady. Hmm. Yeah, I thought I was surefire. I know they're, they're, I guess he was stuck on like four teams. That, that that never getting out of the first round thing is like getting my head. But he was that's why I put him as a maybe. But I, I would lean towards putting him in there for sure. I mean he's in my maybe list, but yeah. That's why I, I mean, put him if there for sure. If yeah. he's not in your surefire, he should definitely be in <laughs> in the 75. Because we'll we'll get to one of the names that here, but well, let's say let's say Dominique. Who's who's a better player, Dominique or T Mac? Yeah, that, that 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 one is probably like a conversation at the very least. So yeah, it's a conversation, and we have Dominique in here. Yeah. No, then that makes it easy. I'll put him as a. I'll put him as a yes. You know, I'm I'm not saying you have to put him as a surefire, but I think he's in the he. I think he's on the list. I think he's in seventy five. I think he should be. No. Uh. Yeah, I think that's the one. That's one of the first names where I have to think about it, but. If considering like how similar he and Nick were, I guess he'd probably be on there. Yeah, and I, I mean, like, just you know, Nick obviously trumps him in um, longevity. Nick lasted a lot longer than people remember, but T Mac was a. I thought he was a better player than Dominique. I mean, he was a far better passer and a far better defensive player. At his peak, for sure. At as peak, now his peak didn't last long. Yeah. But it really T-Mac is one of those, yeah. He's one of those guys games. where I thought that he did. I don't know that he totally made the most out of his his body because his body was going to betray him. Mm-hmm. But he made the most out of w- what his body was giving him. Almost, he admitted that he didn't have the best diet, so that's one thing. Um, but yeah, <laughs> other than other than that, amazing I, scoring, talent, yeah. A great scoring talent, underrated passer, and underrated defensive player. So, 
and I, I'll admit some bias because I, when I started watching the NBA, I had a huge affinity for shooting guards. Like, my favorite players were Dwayne Wade, Ray Allen, Kobe Bryant, and Tracy McGrady. <laughs> they were the so, four. There you well, go. You didn't like Vince Carter? No, I didn't like Vince <laughs> Carter. So, I don't yeah. know why. I just mostly like it was it was T Mac. I I loved T Mac. No, T Mac was like amazing to watch when he was on. Yes, he was. Sure. Um, but yeah, I that's that's who I have. And you know, T Mac's gonna get love from former players because you know, even Kobe has been on the record to say T Mac could do everything I could, he was just bigger than me. Yeah, exactly. Kobe it, said that, you know, so it was it sucks for his career that he was stuck on like teams that couldn't stay healthy. Like when he was in yeah. Orlando, Grant Hill couldn't stay healthy. They couldn't yeah. close the deal on Tim Duncan. <laughs> uh Yao Ming couldn't stay couldn't stay healthy. He couldn't stay healthy in Houston. So could have been a different yeah. career if he stayed healthy and if his really team could have, man. Really could have. Um so yeah, is are there any so we're we're talking about the the non sure fires now. I thought yeah, let's T-Mac go for non sure fires. T Mac was an interesting one. So, um, other than the names I mentioned before, like DJ and Rodman, um, Ray Allen makes it for me, and and this is where we can get into the defensive players, who, you know, I thought should make it, uh, but probably won't get the love. So ready. I think you'll yeah. agree with most of these, though. Alonzo Mourning. Okay. Dikembe Matumbo. Yeah. Ben Wallace. Ben Wallace is on my maybe. Yeah. Ben Wallace. Artist Gilmore. Mm. And this one. Draymond Green. This one is... He was... And just so everyone knows, he was the very last name I got on here. He was the very last guy. But the more I think about it and the more I'm, I'm thinking about his defensive peak, I'm like, shit, he's probably a little higher than 75. I don't know if he's top 50. I had to deep dive into this because my gut is all saying, what the fuck are you talking about, Draymond? But he, for all intents and purposes, his defensive peak was just as good, if not better, than Matumbo, Morning, and Gilmore. Maybe Ben Wallace. Maybe. I don't know about Ben Wallace, but the other three guys, I'm like, yeah, probably. It's hard. I guess maybe the 2016 – I can imagine peak Draymond, so 2016 Draymond, where he could still shoot. Yeah. If he, if he, if he had that stretch a bit longer, you might have an argument. I'm, maybe this is recency bias, but the fact that he is pretty much a zero on offense – <laughs> yeah, yeah. Is that's kind of lim- kind of limits his kind of limits that side of the. I mean that that argument because there's only so much you can do. I mean, right. looking at the other names that might surpass him, I guess he's seventy fifth. So you're not like super like I, I, maybe I just realized this isn't like you're in order, but right. Yeah, I mean he, you know, in a way like he was the last name added. And it's funny that you mentioned the uh, the longevity thing. So this yeah. is something I, I looked back into because, of course, we know about his impact from the 2015 to 2009 Warriors. From a defensive standpoint, at, the, at least, yeah. we know how impactful he was. And even in 2021, 
He's no, he still, was he was really good last year on defense. He was still he one was of the three best defensive players. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but I, I went back a little bit and I looked at some of the impact metrics. And even in 2014, he had... And he was still at the bench. Level, not GOAT level. He, had, he still had really, really high level impact from a defensive standpoint. So this is right before, right before where... He started. Yeah. Is it, is it right before where he started? No, he, yeah, he didn't start until 2015. David Lee was still starting. Oh, interesting. Let's see. Let's yeah, because like, that yeah, whole, like, true. David Lee like, got injured in 2015 and like, they put him in and never looked back. Now, from, based on 2014's Raptor, guess who led the NBA in defensive Raptor? It's Draymond. Wow. More than Kawhi Leonard, more than Joakim Noah, more than Andrew Bogut, that's interesting. More than Roy Hibbert. <laughs> oh, that was like time, at the time. Verticality, the time, Roy Hibbert. <laughs> verticality, Roy Hibbert. More than Mark Gasol. Wow. And you know, it's not. I'm not. I'm not saying that that is. You know exactly. Um, because its impact metrics are not a good way to rank people, but. The main thing I'm trying to highlight here is that he was already an impactful defender prior to the Warriors run. But yeah. even if you just think about the Warriors run, that's a solid five-year defensive peak. And for a couple of those years, he was a solid positive on offense, especially with the team around him, Yeah, um, which is more than what we can say about Dikembe Mutombo. So I'm just making the case here, right? Like Dikembe, for all intents and purposes, was a, an extremely good defensive player. And he's on here for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, maybe I'd have to think about Draymond a bit more. I do have him here as a maybe just because he wrote it down in our, in our outlines. Um, but my, 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 my lean is like towards no, just because. Well, I have to finalize my list though, but my leaning is no, just because of. Uh, yeah. Limited offensive part of this game and like what he's only like 30 something so like there's still a few a few years of his career left right but and you think that he's peaked already oh no yeah unless he unless his career ended today he's definitely peaked <laughs> yeah but if he, so if his career ended today and you compare it to a guy like Mutombo or let's say even um Ben Wallace who also was a very negative offensive player for a while. <laughs> he's also on my maybe. He's, also, he's on my maybe. Is, so, is, um, is Dikembe on your list? Did they put him as? Mutombo. Actually, I put him as a yes. Right. So, you know, just like if, and when we look at the, the names that follow, I just like, I, you know, Draymond had a couple of years of positive offensive impact. And yeah. a lot of that largely comes from playing with the Warriors. His scoring is almost non-existent, but that... that they make it look pretty good. Passing, that passing is something that very few of these guys, I don't even know if any of these defensive players have that skill. His passing, he unlocked the, the small ball. So I, I guess I could get talked into putting him in there. 
Especially because right. if you talk about like changing the game alongside Steph Curry shooting, him playing small ball five kind of like started this whole small ball year that we're in. Right, right. Playing all wings or whatever. Yeah. In your in your lineup. Yeah. I can I can totally see him being in there. Um yeah, I'm still I just iffy on the offensive side, but I mean I'm really I really like look at his 2016 numbers and like if he just shot that well since like he did then and he could be just fine like he, right he I don't know why 38.8% on threes that year and every other year it's like less than a third of the threes that he shot and it went in <laughs> I don't know what happened I think someone said so shoulder injury but nah <laughs> um, yeah I mean I, I'm just laying up the case here that there are other defensive players who have some significant offensive deficiencies that are on here. And I mean, there are guys here who are on the flip side are very deficient offensive or defensive players, but are offense. Now, of course you can have a more, more of an impact on offense because a single guy can have the ball all the time. So I'm Mm -hmm. not saying like defensive guys um, can have similar, the same impact as the elite of the elite offensive players but once you get to that sub elite range that's when you can really say like these defensive guys can make a lot of leeway a lot my question here then would be why would you have Draymond instead of someone like Anthony Davis who has similar career length uh, similar defensive impact you might say um and AD clearly is the better offensive player, but yes, definitely. reached less, reached, uh, didn't have as much team success though. Yeah, or individual no, success, a, I guess. There's yeah, no yeah. Depoy <laughs> compared sure. to Draymond. No, that's a that's a very very fair question. Um, and I did think about Anthony Davis. He is one of my honorable mentions. Um, you know, I just think that one Anthony Davis has not peaked yet. There's more to come. But even if, even if Anthony Davis's career ended now, I could see the argument for Anthony Davis getting here over Draymond Green. Um, I think that not only the longevity isn't there from uh, you know, his career, he's just too young. His, his injury track record, mm. and this could be a bias because I'm watching him now, <laughs> um, his injury track record's bad. And a lot of people point to, well, he hasn't really missed that many games. If you really think about it, it's like, yeah, but it's just these, all these minor injuries here and there. And it really like dents his impact. So, Mm. you know, I could, even at this point, I could talk myself into putting Anthony Davis in there. I just think that there's more to come and we haven't seen the best of Anthony Davis yet, even though probably, yeah, probably peak for peak this 2020 AD is better than any version of Draymond Green ever. Mm-hmm. So Career-wise, you talking to Anthony Davis. Career-wise, you still take Draymond for now. For now, Anthony Davis is going to surpass him. It's just like Draymond's probably accomplished what he's going mm-hmm. to accomplish. AD has not. And I'm okay. very conservative about putting new players. So you know, I'll admit I could, I could, I could put Anthony Davis in there. I just won't yet. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah, Anthony Davis also the maybe for me, um, but yeah, I, 
fair fair point on Draymond though. Like he definitely one of the top five defenders ever, off the top of my head. Self proclaimed best defender ever. Yeah. <laughs> and if he and, is that, know. how good he probably should be on this list. Maybe, could be. I uh, doubt. Though, yeah. I I'm a bit worried. I I don't think he'll get the player votes. Just FYI, just. He might, he might not. He <laughs> might get some current player votes, but I don't know. Yeah. Um, the one, one more surefire, non-surefire guy that I did want to... Well, maybe let's talk about two of them that aren't current players. Um, and not quite similar career arcs, but they have a lot of similarities, more than people think, are Chris Webber mm. and Pau Gasol both of whom oh, I have saw. on here. And I think that what clearly very good players and have been very important players on very good teams. Of course, Powell was the second best player on two Laker championships. And he was a very good player. I mean, he outplayed Kevin Garnett in 2010. That's not, yeah. that's not nothing. And um, Chris Weber, that Sacramento Kings team in 2002. Yeah. Might have been one of the best teams in NBA history to not win a title. Arguably robbed, but yeah, I would arguably like to be robbed. Yeah. I mean, the Kings really could have won, and he was like their only all star. Yeah. Unless Vladi was, but I don't remember off the top of my head. But yeah. And I think that the, the thing that doesn't treat them well historically is that they played in the same era as Duncan, KG, and Dirk, the three greatest power forwards of all time who came at the exact same time. And so history doesn't treat those two guys very well. They're like though, seen the second tier. Yeah. Even though, and rightfully so, they are the second tier, but Weber and Pau are both better passers than the other three minus Garnett. Mm-hmm. Spent Weber and, was a great passer. So was Gasol. Gasol, yeah. And Gasol was a very underrated defender. He wasn't, he was never going to be an all NBA defensive guy, but Gasol anchored a Laker defense that was solid. It was really good. Yeah, that's I mean, not you to scoff at. Just being tall is very, very important in defense. <laughs> <laughs> no, but he, he knew where to be at. Like there were times where you you kind of lacked effort, but he was still he was still good on that end. Right. Maybe a bit quote unquote soft, but yeah. He so this but that's another thing too. It's like Gasol is gonna get the soft label. Even yeah. though in 2009 and 2010, he outplayed two guys. <laughs> he outplayed in 2010, he outplayed a guy who's considered one of the toughest players in NBA history. Yeah, Kevin Garnett. He, and then in 2009, he outplayed the Defensive Player of the Year and a guy who is same height, outweighs him by like 30 pounds and is so much more athletic <laughs> that it's not even funny. But Gasol played better than him. No, he did. He did. And I, I know there are like Kobe haters saying Powell should have been MVP and might have had an argument, but yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't think so. But Powell was very good. And I think that He's going to get underrepresented, even though I hold Pau Gasol in very, very high regard. I think that he should easily make a 75 in my book. No, 
I think he he's he's on the he's on the non surefire, but I think did I put him at I put him as a yes, but yeah, on the yeah. on the fringes I would say. Agreed. Like closer, closer to the fire. ball. Like yeah. Yeah, yeah. I agree with that. But I think like once you start to whittle these things down, I I would have him there. Mm-hmm. Especially when we mentioned some of my honorable mentions, the more I look at these guys, I'm like, yeah, I, I feel better about having Pau in there. Let me see if I, who I wanted to shout out to. Talking about them later. Yeah, we'll, we'll discuss certain current players too. But uh, I guess that this might be a good segue. Do you want to talk about the honorable mentions? Yeah, let's go. All right, cool. So um, some of the honorable mentions I have that ended up not making it very narrowly, um, other than Anthony Davis, mm. um, Tony Parker. I strongly consider Tony Parker. Yeah. I think he gets historically underrated, even though he's probably one of the best finishing guards in NBA history. And that's why earlier I had that poll Play, who's a better finisher, player A and player B. Yes. Kyrie Irving was player A, Tony Parker was player B, and almost everybody said it was Tony Parker was player B. How was the reaction to that poll, by the way? Um, when you revealed the players. Funny enough, I actually haven't revealed the players. It was just oh, a very interesting... Okay. It was more of a thought exercise, but I'll reveal the players after this. I think people don't really know how good Tony Parker was. And yeah, his... He was if he benefited from the situation, if he had been drafted on any other team, they probably would have kicked him out of the league. Not because yeah. he wasn't skilled, because clearly he was very skilled. But they probably would have kicked him out because people think Europeans are soft. Yeah. Right? Like you you just yeah. said Pogba saw the soft. He really wasn't. At least I don't think so. No, no, he he definitely like toughened up, but that was the perception, I guess, of him. Right, and we could say the exact same thing about Dirk Nowitzki. People thought he was soft. Oh, no, Dirk for sure had that perception as well. Dirk had that perception, but... He's jump-shooting big bends. But he shot that shit down in 2011. He showed some insane resilience against the Miami Heat team that should have hammered that Mavericks team. And Dirk carried them. Yeah, 100% agree. You know, so there's that. Uh, Tony Parker is on on my... Yeah considered list yeah i just you know at the end of the day i also couldn't put him over some of these guys but if there was a top 100 parker's in there for me in 25 years we're... <laughs> okay. 25, 25 years, years. <laughs> well, who the hell knows he's gonna be out? like zion williamson could be on there i don't fucking know um uh, we'll be doing this yeah. podcast 25 years from now still <laughs> oh yeah um <laughs> Some other guys, and I guess with Tony Parker, I considered Manu, but he had a little bit less of, a, of an argument than Tony. Um, I don't think the stats are there for him. The stats aren't, but like when you adjust them for like pace and stuff, and I did the Manu Ginobili article, the mm. skill is there, the impact is there. The stats don't really reflect it as much, and of course he doesn't have the accomplishments that Parker has, but... yeah. Yeah, Manu would probably be towards the end of a 100, but I, I think Manu should be there in a 100. I don't know if I could put him on a 75. Um, some older players, 
the historically underrated Bobby Dandridge. He's one of those guys that Ooh. I've watched of him, and I really think he could play today if he developed some of his skills. Good shooter. He was the third guy in that 71 Bucks team with Oscar and Kareem. But he okay. was a solid player. Um, Joe Dumars, Bob mm. McAdoo, Tiny Archibald. Billy Cunningham is one of those guys also from the 50s and 60s. Supremely athletic. He, I think if he had played a couple of years later, he would have been remembered a little better. He was really good. Um, and the last two I have are Earl the Pearl Monroe and Sidney Moncrief. Earl the Pearl. Sidney Moncrief. <laughs> Interesting. Sidney Moncrief. Uh, good shout, I think, on that one. Yeah. He didn't last too long. His longevity wasn't as high as I thought. That's ultimately what left him off here for me. Um, and then like, even in that very short peak, I don't know if you could say it was better than guys like you know Pete Maravich, Jerry Lucas, or Dave DeBuscher even. Yeah, I don't, yeah, agree. I think Pistol, those three guys, Pistol especially, should, be, should definitely be on this list. Yeah. Um, the Pistol. Which Dave DeBusher, by the way, historically underrated. I mean, if he played today, he could be a stretch four, but like <laughs> a lot of stretch fours back then. But he could be like a, a solid defensive five. Like you're, you take on defense, he was probably Andre Kirilenko. Wow. And on offense, he was a Davis Bertans, let's say. <laughs> so put those two guys together. That's a pretty good player. <laughs> That's a pretty good player. He's probably an all-star. <laughs> probably. I think definitely. And like, he also was a senator, right? <laughs> yeah, he was. For, I think for New York. I'm not exactly. kidding. But yeah, no, I mean, Dave DeBusher is one of those guys I have a huge affinity for. I love, I love his game. Um, any honorable mentions for you that you'd like to shout out? Oh. Hmm. Who did I put? I think this is more recency bias because they were on. They, I saw some things on Twitter. Sure. Uh, for I briefly considered Lillard and, and Kyrie, but I feel like they're still. They're still. It's a bit early for them to be on this list. I agree. Uh, Chris Bosch just got inducted to the Hall of Fame. If he, if he had a longer career, probably would be on this list. But especially how his game was trending. In the 2015, yeah. before he had to retire, yeah, he would have been monster. He would have been a monster come like in, into his mid 30s at the very least. Yeah, uh, but yep. cut short by injury by by that by that retirement. The heart, the heart, in, yep. the heart thing. Yeah, I, I like that you mentioned Chris Bosh. He's I don't know if he would have made it, but he's in my hundred. I think. Yeah, I mean, he was like that. I think this people breakdown video, like that was the most recent one that came out. That, Made me yeah. th- consider him, and yeah, he was a real. He, he was a monster in Toronto when he was the most the star, and then he adjusted really his was. game to be the yeah. third, the third string, the third star in Miami. But uh, you saw, like, but you mentioned it, like you saw the glimpses of it in 2015 and 16, when yeah. he could, he and Wade could kind of be the lead dogs, and it, the result was not bad. I mean, yeah, his, were, his it was cut short, but it looked good. Yeah, and like he was starting to play a lot more five. He was shooting threes. He was still like a mobile, mobile switchable, big on defense. Yeah, 
I and I think like he wasn't ever a really good defensive player, but he he specifically worked on that in 2012 to be able to play the five. Mm-hmm. He turned himself into a solid defensive player, and the Heat would not have won if Bosch was a weak a weak defensive player. Yeah, because that exactly. it just the way they played. They were very aggressive on defense about hunting turnovers, and you know they were switchable. If Bosch wasn't a good defensive player, that the thing falls apart, especially at the center position. Yeah, they're hard hedging. He had to go high. He had to go like really high up on the on those yeah, like yeah. traps, and then had to go sprint back to the paint to, to defend the ring. Like it, yeah, Bosch Bosch should get some love here. Um, one guy I think you mentioned. I think you listed this, so I'll I'll save I'll save I'll save that one for later. Um, but yeah, I think that those are the guys. More recent guys wanted to shout out, but yeah, yeah. I think though, I think still, still, still a lot of their careers ahead of them. Bef- to definitely, definitely. Some of the current players, which yeah, yeah. Which you know we. If uh, if you don't have any more honorable mentions, that's what we can get into next. Because I do, I do kind of <laughs> want to discuss some of the current guys. Um, we kind of talked about AD and Draymond a little bit already. Yeah. So I, I don't think we need to go into those more. Um, I briefly mentioned Mello. And of course, Mello ended up making my list because, I mean, at the end of the day, he is a very skilled scorer. I think that his um, ability to be a catch-and-shoot three-point shooter um, is what ended up separating him with certain other guys. Um, um, but yeah, I mean, Mello had a couple of years where he led a really good Nuggets offense and had one really good New York Knicks offense. So the, the evidence is sort of kind of there for Melo to be in the 75, but he was free for me. He barely made it. Yeah, I think he's one of the fringe guys, uh, fringe guys on this list. And yes, I think, yeah, his, his, I think the longevity part is also playing a big part in that. Like he's what, 18? 19 years now into the league or something like that. Minus right. the year that he didn't play. So that's also that's also big. Yeah. Um, let's talk about the current MVP. Nikola. Nikola. Yeah. So he... he you have him on here, first In a all. way, he barely made it for me. Yeah. What's that? Yeah, yeah. Do, do you have him in on a, here? In a way, he... I do, I do have him on here. He was, he is at number seventy. Again, this isn't, um, these aren't ranked, but yeah. in a way, you could say like my non-surefires are chronological, because my surefires are alphabetical, but the mm-hmm. rest from fifty-eight to seventy-five is probably chronological, and so like you can see the order in which I put guys in, and Jokic right. ended up seventieth, which I don't, I think he's in the top seventy-five because. When I'm looking back at the list, I have Bill Walton here at 64 because he did have this one-and-a-half-year peak that was all-time. It was just so yeah, cut All-time. It was all-time. And Jokic had, in a way, had a one-and-a-half-year all-time peak because he started the 2020 season not great. It was, he was pretty out of shape. <laughs> but we got skinny Jokic. Skinny Jokic, we got the bubble, and he had a terrific playoffs. And then his 2021 season is stuff all time. Like, it was to the point where 
we were comparing his impact to Shaquille O'Neal and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Yeah. At least in the regular season. I don't know if he was quite there in the postseason, but he had a really, really good postseason to the point where I'm like, okay, that's enough of a peak where I'm like, yeah, if, if especially if Melo's going to be in here, Jokic sur- has surpassed that peak Melo easily. Yeah, so Jokic has been better than Melo, unfortunately. As weird it might it, as weird it might be here might be to hear, but I think yeah. he, he's been better. He's he's he was better than Melo ever was. Like 21, yes. 21 Jokic better than any Melo. Right, and like just the more I think about the skill, and and Jokic probably won't make the top seventy five because people still don't give him the respect. Like Jokic has is more skilled than a lot of the players that are in the surefire. But, oh yeah, I mean, like he he hasn't even reached his he haven't he hasn't reached his prime ages yet, right? Exactly, like about 25, 26. Maybe. Yeah, and so, so that's that's a that's a reason that he may not make it because uh, he's not. And same similar thing with Anthony Davis. It's just you know Jokic, partly from the accomplishment standpoint, which I took into consideration, but the peak Jokic is just he is up there. So if, know, you're doing a peak, if, if, if you're doing a peaks one here, then he's definitely in. I, yeah. Right now, I have yeah. him in my list. Although, I think I put, I put him as a Y, but the more I think about how long he's been in the league, it might, it might be more of a, a maybe. Right. But it's, it's, hard to, it's hard to keep off the, the MVPs. Although, we talked about Bob Backer dude not making it earlier. Yeah. Yep. Um, but yeah, I, for sure, like, Three years down the line, Jokic should be like, uh, assuming he, I mean, the off, off season uh, workout videos, he looks really, he still looks skinny. Yeah. Uh, so he I looks, assume he's gonna. He looks skinnier. <laughs> there you go. Um, so so uh, he's likely gonna be a surefire in this list like three, four years from now. Um, I think so too. We're um, just seeing the start of it. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And if the reason that he doesn't end up making it is because we haven't seen the best of him yet, fine, I guess. Um, let's see. Yeah, and the last one I wanted to talk about was none other than Russell Westbrook, who I actually do have as a surefire. Yes, I do as well. Because, I mean, he's going to get the love. If I just think about it from the player's perspective... And the media, some media members who are going to be like, I mean, a guy has averaged a triple double the last five years. Like, he's MVP. There. He's MVP. He plays his heart out all the time. Players love him. And, you know, from that standpoint, I was like, yeah, he'll make it off of that. And so, what I tried to do with Westbrook is I separated that and I tried to put it in my lens. It's like, okay, I will, let's take Russell Westbrook for what he is and use my criteria. And I still thought that he'd make it. I still had him as a surefire on the lower end of it. But I, I think that there were a couple years there where Westbrook, and I just did the whole compare him to himself. Coming into the league, everyone was like, I don't know if this is going to work out. Yeah, he's an uber <laughs> athlete, but can he be a point guard? And sure enough, the thing that made him one of the greatest players of all time was his passing and playmaking. <laughs> So the yeah. fact that he turned himself into that is so impressive to me. He is a very yeah. good passer. And there were a couple of years where I thought he was a really good point of attack defender. Not elite, 
but he was very good um, in those OKC years. I watched OKC probably more than any other team. They were your Kevin team. Durant was still there. They were my team. And so I do have that appreciation of Russell Westbrook. So for me, he, he easily made it outside. Even when you remove the accomplishments, the reputation, I still would have had, I would have Westbrook here. Yeah. I mean, you can't deny it. Like he's a, he's a floor raiser at the very least. And one of the, one of the better ones of all time. Mm -hmm. And I think that alone should, that alone probably, I mean, that alone should put him on this list. And then you just add in like triple double average. I guess only other player to do it besides Oscar Robertson, his MVP year. Yeah. Um, And I guess, yeah, the number, like, how electric he is to watch as well. Yeah. Even though frustrating I mean, sometimes. <laughs> very frustrating. I mean, I think that it's it's this the very weird, like, he's supremely overrated scoring, but he's supremely underrated as a playmaker and especially early on defender. Mm-hmm. He still had those off-ball lapses, but when he really had the energy and didn't have to, like, do everything on offense, he was pretty good. At point of attack like he wasn't great at navigating screens but he could get into your shit and like mm-hmm. be physical with you bother ball handlers and make it tough to make certain passes i mean and he still gambled but he would connect on some of those which isn't the best indication of defense <laughs> but it's a thing and creating turnovers is good yeah yeah but yeah i think westbrook made it for me he's on the fringes of surefire but at the end of the day i couldn't not have Russell Westbrook in there. Agree, agree. I'll agree on Westbrook actually for that, for this, for this list. Yep. So let's see. We are about what an hour into this thing, maybe a little more. Uh, um, an hour and six, I think. We yeah. Should... <laughs> an hour and six. So let's start wrapping this up. I have. We have to talk about some what ifs. Yeah, I alluded to this. Uh, yeah. I, the first name on your list. Uh, D Rose, Derek probably Rose. like one of the most notable one left off from the MVP list. Yeah, yeah, and pretty much it's because he hasn't he hasn't reached that same level since injuring his ACL. Yeah, which sucks because his he had this incredible one year peak. I just don't know. I don't know if that one year peak would be enough. Because I tend to like, at the very least, two like two years where you see it's not a fluke. And in 2012, you do kind of see it's not a fluke. He wasn't. In 2012, he was good when he wasn't injured. He was really good when he wasn't injured. It's just, you know, I, I it's hard to have him in the 75. Um, yeah. It sucks because if, if he didn't get injured, Derrick Rose probably would be here. The best was yet to come, and he got robbed. He's- it was it kind of sad because he, he the trajectory of his career was like really really fast and really like really steep I yeah. guess like his improvement yeah. year to year third year he was MVP already the Bulls sure. were the best team in the league in the regular season yeah twenty twelve I and think twenty twelve as well oh no second behind Miami yeah but yeah, yeah. but you know um, Rose that that one's disappointing it's just he hasn't had. He really hasn't had the longevity. Not the. He's not going to get the reputation. I just don't see a pathway for Derrick Rose getting in there, even though, you know, 
I'm a big fan of Derrick Rose. I love, I've, I, I've loved his game from the start. I still love it now. Um, it just sucks. It sucks. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's great, though, that he kind of turned, turned his career around and he's become right. a serviceable role player since yeah. and it's, the last couple it, of years. In a way, it mirrors Bill Walton. Mm. He had that one-and-a-half year MVP. Team was really solid in 78, and then Bill Walton gets hurt. It's, the exact, it's almost the exact same thing with Derrick Rose. He has the MVP yeah. year. He doesn't win the title, but the Bulls are really, really good the next year. Then he gets hurt. But then he comes back and is a really, really good six man. And personally, like Derek Rose should have gotten more six man love the last two years. I don't know if he should have won, but Derek Rose, like for stretches, was unstoppable. Like you could really see, like, no, still no one can stay in front of him. He gets yeah. in the room whenever the hell he wants. Yeah. Um, so that, that just sucks. Like Derek Rose, I want him to be in here so bad. I just can't. Um, Let's talk. I want to talk about a guy. I intentionally left him off my honorable mentions because I wanted to discuss him here. He actually is an honorable mention for me. Yeah. And he probably has a very, very, very solid case to actually be in the 75 is Grant Hill. Hmm. So the reason is um, I he was good. Random, I do these random projects where I'm like, okay, who are the best <laughs> scorers? I just list them. I haven't ever published them because I don't know. But I just do this for fun. And I was like, okay, let's do two-way players. Who are the greatest two-way players? Where it was like, who has the most balanced offense-defense impact? I didn't want this guy who was like insanely good offense and then like a slight plus on defense. Oh, two-way player. <laughs> I want guys who are like super balanced. Okay, okay. And of course, like the guys that were KG, Duncan. And then I was like, okay, what, what perimeter guys were on there? Scottie Pippen is the gold standard. Kawhi. And the more I was watching tape of Grant Hill, I was like, yep. holy shit, this guy was really good on defense. Not Scottie Pippen level, but his one-on-one defense was very, very good. He had some rim protection. Okay. Especially in his later years, he had some decent help. And he was a good defensive rebounder. He attacked defensive rebounds. So, and from the offensive standpoint, I'm like, wow, he was an underrated passer. He was an excellent, excellent interior passer. He was like this. He was in the mold of like a small forward, playmaking small forward, basically, right? Before yeah, he, he got was, injured, he was a he was a big time slasher. Could not stop him from getting to the basket. Um, he had all the counters to be a slasher. Like whatever your conception is of Dwayne Wade, mm-hmm. like people always say, like. Grant Hill was the first LeBron James. I think that his game really mirrors Dwayne Wade. Okay. But bigger, right? Like, on both sides of the ball, it's like you couldn't keep either of those guys out of the paint. Yeah, Wade used the pick and roll more, whereas Grant Hill attacked in transition and a little bit on the elbows a little more. That's just partly style of play, partly one being a forward than a guard. Um but you couldn't keep them out of the away from the rim. And when you kind of did, their counters were an interior pass or a mid-range jump shot, mm-hmm. which both guys had. And then on the defensive side, the strongest thing that both guys brought was on-ball defense, but both were really good help defenders and both provided some rim protection. They really marry each other more than I really thought. And That's I was super happy about that. <laughs> so I'm like, 
And Grant Hill, you know, he, a lot of us say uh, he didn't have that long of a career. So it's, Dude, it's he, hard. 95 to 2013. <laughs> yeah. I mean, his, he had really, really good years from um, 90, even 97 and 98. He got hurt for the first time. And then he comes back in 2000. His last Detroit season was really good. I mean, from 95 to 2000, he was really good. Um, I think that was the year, that's the year where he kind of messed it up because he played through a foot injury. Yeah. Yeah. It, I want to say it was because of his Puma shoes or something. <laughs> something like Fila. that. It's Fila. No, so actually, you remember the, I don't know if you remember the Zach Collins injury. So Zach Collins had a stress fracture in his ankle. Yeah. Different part, but the concept is the same. It's a stress fracture, and the way you fix it is you put a screw through it. That compression provides kind of like the stimulus for your body to heal it properly, Mm -hmm. especially when there's limited blood supply. Similar thing with Grant Hill. He played through it instead of getting surgery, and then he ended up getting surgery, didn't heal properly, then it got infected. Oh, my God. And it... It was, it's not like a small infection. He got MRSA. That's life-threatening. It's not, it's, he could have lost his ankle. That's how bad it was. He could have Jeez. lost his ankle. I didn't know about oh. the MRSA part. My God. Yeah, so he's had a big stroke of bad luck. So he, he lost four years. Four years. 2001, he played four games. 2002, he played 14. 2003, he played 29. He didn't play at all in 2004, but man, in 2005, he kind of comes back and he's still very solid. Like, he made yeah. an awesome game in 2005. That was Dude, his last awesome. He was a 20 point scorer, um, five rebounds, three assists, solid, like 51% field goal percentage. He was still a solid player. Yeah. And it sucks because he lost four years of his career, but. Right in his prime as well. Right. But then when he comes to Phoenix, turns himself to this really, really good role player. Three and D wing who has some passing chops. It's like, okay, well, this is maybe where you create the case for Grant Hill. Maybe he should be on here. Fuck. I mean, now that I'm thinking about it a lot, maybe he should be on here. Grant Hill or Carmelo Anthony? Fuck. I think oh, Mel- oh. Sorry, Mello. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> Mello. I shit. The more I think about this, like as I said that out loud, I'm like, fuck, okay, I think I would put Grant Hill over Mello. Grant Hill made an all NBA team in his rookie year, right? Something like that. Or his second year. Yeah. And here's ridiculous. the thing, like Isaiah Thomas has said this before. And you know, this is where it's like, okay, the reputation here might help because players love Mello. Isaiah has said it on the open court. And it was in that episode we talked about, but like players from the 90s too, like the top starting five of the 90s. Isaiah said it. We were talking about passing the mantle from Michael Jordan to you. Grant Hill was going to be that guy. And he just has a stroke of bad luck. Um, I don't know why. Because it's like, and, and here's one thing I, I want to I wanna find out. Well, not want to find out, but it's like, why the, why the fuck did this happen? 
Do you know how many games he played in 2001 where he was voted as an all-star? Grant Hill? Yeah. Grant Hill made the 2001 all-star team. First year in Orlando. How you mentioned... Did you say this earlier? You just said they played like four games or something. Damn it. But yes, he played four <laughs> games. <in the laughs> and he wasn't the all-star game? game? What the f- so that's like, that's where you see like, okay, well, he played four games and probably everybody knew he was out, but people still voted him in the game. Because <laughs> he was so good in Detroit. He was so good. So yeah, yeah, I mean, Grant Hill has a very legitimate case. That that 2000 Detroit year, 1970, like two, 1999 to 2000, he played 74 games. He averaged almost 26 points Six and a half boards, five assists. And I'm not like a big stats guy, but he was, he was uber efficient. Um, he shot 49% from the field, 35% from three, 80% from the free throw line. So he probably had a really solid true shooting for the you time. See, I don't know the relative. You can see why people thought he was like a, the LeBron before the LeBron because he, 25, yeah. six, and five. Was. But really, to me, he was he was. D- he was 6-8 D. <laughs> That's why I could get and more rebounds. <laughs> and it 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 fucking sucks that his career ended the way it did. But man, I you know what? The more I talk about it, Grant Hill over Mello. <laughs> I'm gonna edit the list. I'm I gonna think edit Grant, the list. Grant Hill Grant Hill should That's a really good case for Grant Hill, actually. I don't I think I've had him in like Consider like he was in my, my list like when I was thinking about it, but I don't have him here as a maybe or a, or a no. Yeah. So yeah. Um, Grant list Grant Hill makes your list. Uh, how about this next guy on your on the um, on the on our outline? Penny Hardaway. Yeah, so that's one that really sucks, and he's not gonna make it for me. Um, I don't think. But, you know, we'll see. I mean, you might I, talk yourself really into it again. About, <laughs> about Grant Hill. So here we go. Um, it just sucks. Because Penny Hardaway was also going to be, like, he was going to be the other guy. He was going to be this insane player. But 95 to 98, he really, he peaked. He was a really elite playmaker. But really like he he had these three solid years in 95 to 97 and after that it just like went to shit and it sucked. he got injured it looks like in 90, 98 looking at his yeah i think it was a knee i can't remember the exact injury but penny was gonna be was gonna be the other guy like pretty much like a a better scoring version of magic if you really yes. want to look at a guy that was fairly similar to lebron this is the guy to me. He was playing, yeah, they were they were hailing him as the next Magic Johnson, right? Yeah, as yeah. Like a tall point guard. Um, yeah, and kind of he was a little bit. He wasn't. He didn't score that much, so I could see why it's more Magic than LeBron's. He only took about fifteen shots, but same time he was playing with Shaq. So why the fuck would you? <laughs> you can't take buckets away from Shaq. Yeah, and I mean he averaged seven assists in his peak, and you know, it's. His peak was, his peak wasn't long enough and great enough for me to ultimately put him on here. Because, and I admit I don't know much about his defense. I just know about his offense. I've watched a ton of tape of Penny in the past, and yeah, I just this is one where 
if his career trajectory had gone the way it should have, he would have made it. And there's almost no doubt in my mind. Yeah, um, not not as convincing argument for 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 Penny. I, I don't I think I, I don't think, I don't think I thought about him his case at all um, when I was considering this 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 list. Um, yeah, but definitely definitely like a what if in terms of injuries. Yeah, it just man, it sucks. I this is another guy where it's like yeah he he would have made it here if not for the injuries. And, um, and let me do a quick Google search because this is probably something I, I should have looked up. Let's see what, what the injury actually was. I think it um, was. I know you had to get like some. There's a new one if I remember correctly. Yeah, I, I do wonder. Um, I think it was. Left I think it knee was an injury. injury. Yeah, it was a devastating knee injury. Let's see. Let's double check what it was. I don't know. I, I off the top of my head, it doesn't say. Um, but you know what? I have a funny feeling it was an ACL, and back then, ACL reconstructions were pretty shit. Like they weren't put. Like you know, just even as a layperson, it would make sense yeah. to you if I said, when you do a reconstruction of the ACL, you should put it like basically where it used to be, mm-hmm. where your anatomic ACL is, but. No, <laughs> they weren't. So looks, you know that's, like that's it, a big. It, he was supposed to have an arthros, arthros, arthroscop, arthroscopic knee surgery. My God, arthroscopic um, knee surgery. So not sure what the, it, what it was treating specifically, but that's what it says here. Uh, if if I were a, a betting man, it would be an ACL and or meniscus. Um, those are the far and away the most common. It makes sense. The most common knee arthroscopies are ACLs and meniscus. Meniscus. Ah, meniscus. Okay. So it's probably one of the two. And it makes sense that his career didn't go the way it did because if he had an uh, an ACL reconstruction in 1997 or 1998, it's very possible that they didn't do it correctly. What we would consider correct today, which sucks. That sucks. That sucks. Um, it sucks. But yeah. Those are the big, the three that I thought, yeah, um, what ifs that probably would have made it. And maybe another old one um, would have been Maurice Stokes, mm. you know, from the, from the 50s. He came just before Bill Russell. He had a solid three years. He only made the All-NBA second team, so I didn't include him here. But yeah, Maurice Stokes is a compelling one. I don't know much about Stokes. Should we yeah. Just wanted to shout him out because I thought that he was going to peak, and then you know it, it just didn't happen for him because he had a he had a probably had a a brain bleed after hitting the floor, and then he oh flew. He went on an airplane, so it turned into a more serious thing. The brain bleed started affecting parts of his brain, and he unfortunately passed several years later. Right. So a traumatic brain injury that led to his death, and it sucks. Like that, if something were to happen like that today when we know a little better it's like but yeah no i i'm glad that after talking through the what ifs i put grand hill instead of of mellow because you know the more the more i talk through it it's like oh actually grand hill grand i would take grand hill's very short peak 
um, and like over... he's still he was still um, serviceable role player uh, in Phoenix. Right, right. Although so, Melo, Melo is one right now. But yeah, he is one right now. Um, Greater Pete. I don't know, just better role player. <laughs> I I liked I liked Grant Hill, and I'll I'll double check all of my my stats to make sure um, that I what I remember is accurate. But yeah, I think uh, I think I would take. Grant Hill over Melo. So we've talked for a very, very long time. I think we're, what, an hour 20 into this thing now? Yep, an hour 25. Uh... Shit. So <laughs> let's, um, let's, uh, let's wrap this up. Um, this is a lot of fun for me. And um, the 75, this is the more that we've, I've done these like top 10 lists, top 15 lists with you, debating Michael Jordan and LeBron, finding out where Giannis ranks, the more I realize, holy shit, this is difficult. And there have been so many good players that it's so hard to separate between eras, between offensive and defensive players, even when they played in the same era. Yeah. It's hard. So, I don't know. I guess the theme of this is it's hard to whittle it it down. And... Twitter's going to be like, why the fuck do you have this guy? How the <laughs> fuck can you consider Dikembe over Melo? Why is Draymond it's, on there? <laughs> why is Draymond on there? There's going to be a lot of things where we can debate. And even after we spoke about it, the two ones I'm really like, maybe they should be on there are Grant Hill and Anthony Davis. Mm-hmm. You know, so I may w- change this a little bit, but it's hard. And if you say you're yep. easy, you shouldn't have any credibility because it's fucking hard. It's really hard. It's really hard. We can agree those deep gnashes on this. Yeah, there are certain guys who uh, I'm not going to call them out. Um, I don't know what's but, happening with Steve Nash on Twitter, right? Yeah, but it's like Steve Nash is easily one of the 75 best. Like, come on. That's so easy. <laughs> There's no way. There's no way. Yeah. He very strange. Very, very oh. strange. But yeah, that's right. We'll we'll update our lists based on this conversation and post them on our website. So, yeah. and I, I guess we'll post it on Twitter as well if you want. <laughs> but we can, yeah, yeah. I'll post it everywhere that I usually do for my for my article. So, we'll uh, I'll I'll put your list and my list on a, on an article while you're editing. Um, I'll publish it on WordPress, and we'll go from there. Yeah. The link Let for me that finalize my list to 70. Show. Let sure. me finalize my list to 75 as well. Sure thing. Yeah. I'll do the same. And we'll go from there. <laughs> All right. Um, don't forget to follow us at GotNextBlog on Twitter and Instagram. Visit our website, gotnextsite.wordpress.com. Rafa dropped a few articles uh, the last couple of weeks. And follow us as well on Hardwood Amino. Um, we're also at GotNextPodcast on there. Uh, that's it for the show. Let us know who you have in your top 75 for this, for this 75, 75th NBA season. Yep. Who's got next? <laughs>